0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. How is everybody good? You know, um, this is kind of a full circle moment for me. Um, I've been here a couple of times in the past, but normally I'm the guy carrying the bags, not the one up here preaching. Um, I've been here with Phil Dooley a couple of times and with Andrew Hoyes. And I think the first time I ever met Jono... Um, was a muddy youth tent, and he was up playing electric guitar, guys. I don't know if he makes much of a cameo appearance any of these days, but um, if he doesn't, I think you should encourage him, definitely for the Christmas spec. That would be very spectacular. But um, honestly, guys, um, it is an honour to be here, and like genuinely blown away with your generosity, Jenna and Chloe, in extending your pulpit, Like I know you don't hand this out lightly and genuinely for me, like I said, just having done so many years with, you know, you and different members of your family, it's just unbelievable to see what God's doing in and through you, Jono, and Chloe together and your beautiful little family with Willa and Noah. Why don't you give your pastors a massive round of applause? Not too loud because Noah might wake up there. Hey, um, I'm going to get straight into the Word. Is that okay? I don't have much time. We spent too much time talking about other stuff. But um, if you've got a Bible, would you turn with me to Isaiah 58, verse 12? If not, it's going to come up on the screen. And it says this. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Those from among you shall build the old waste places, you raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach and a restorer of streets to dwell in. I want you to now turn to Romans 12, verse 1, and I'm going to read from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, The Message Bible. It says this. So here's what I want you to do. And whenever you see a statement like that in the Bible, this is Paul talking to the church in Rome. Here's what I want you to do. You kind of stop, you sit up, and you take notice of what's about to come. Don't you agree? He said, here's what I want you to do, God helping you. So he even brings emphasis by saying you're going to need God's help for the assignment I'm about to tell you about. And it says this, take your everyday, ordinary life. What? Well, why do I need God's help for my ordinary, everyday life? You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place that before God as an offering. Embracing what God has done for you is honestly the best thing you can do for him. And one more passage while you're here. Matthew 5, verse 5 in the message, it says this. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be brought. Would you shut your eyes just for a minute? I just want to pray that this message actually speaks into your hearts and lives. Whether this is your first time here today and kind of like checking this out and going, what the heck is going on? What is all this stuff? How... Christians persecuted all over the world, or maybe you've been here a hundred times. I truly believe that God's got a word for you this morning. Jesus, we come before you this morning. Lord, we thank you. What an honor it is to be able to open your word, to be able to hear your voice, Father God. Lord, I pray a blessing. Lord, over Jonah and Chloe, this entire church, Father. Lord, every person here under my voice. Lord, those of people who are joining online, God, God, I speak your blessing, your promise, and Lord, I pray that today these words won't just be my words, God, but they'll be words from you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen, and thank you to the Wallabies for restoring our hope in Australia. Hey, um, as John mentioned, I recently moved up here with my family from Sydney, and um, as you probably realize by now, everybody from Sydney wants to move to Queensland. So I thought, why not? But years and years ago, I was doing a road trip from Sydney to Queensland. I think I was actually coming up to the sunny coast, see people from your church, funnily enough. But um, as every good road trip starts out, when you start up the M1, we started out in our utes. We packed the the ute up. We'd um, put the tents and the swags and the the tarps, and we got ourselves set. Basically, we didn't have much of a plan. We were um, young lads, and we're like, wherever... the wind takes us, you know, we'll take our surfboards, we'll surf here, we'll stop there, we'll do this, we'll do that. But, you know, whatever, case or are, whatever will be, will be. Basically, 10 minutes into the trip, you're on the, the car park that I like to call the M1. And instead of, like, you know, making our way to Queensland in record time, we kind of slowed down. By 11pm that night, we'd started early in the morning, we are finally, like, we need to pull over and stop somewhere. So, we're like, oh, Byron Bay. What a beautiful place to stop. So we're like, we'll pull in, going to surf tallows in the morning, if anyone knows that beach. It's like a pretty awesome break there. We're driving up through this the town, and we, we, we're young kids. We don't really know much of what's around. And drive through, I think it's Watago, is it? Watago's Beach. And I see this lookout. I'm like, this is the perfect spot for us to camp tonight, guys. So we pull the ute over. We literally tie our ropes to the sign that says no camping. Um, <laughs> not realising that's what it said at 11 o'clock at night. Anyway, we start going into this blissful sleep, as you do. You know, you can hear the waves in the distance, got the smell of a eucalypt. You know, everything was perfect. And then in the middle of the night, no word of a lie, we hear this thump, 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 and a spotlight in our eyes. <laughs> There's a police officer who's obviously come to tell us to move on and to give us a nice fine, but this is, these were his words that night. We'd gone from sleeping in bliss to all of a sudden being rudely awoken. And um, one of our friends there, Krishan, he kind of didn't wake up straight away. The police officer shining light in his eyes. And he goes, oh, oh, sorry, officer. He said, I thought I was having a dream. And the officer, no word of a lie, says this. Son, I'm not your dream. I am your worst nightmare. <laughs> And um, I think that kind of talks about our ordinary everyday lives. Some days we're living the dream, the next moment something happens and all of a sudden we're in the middle of a nightmare. Or maybe, you know, we believe when we're in this dream moment that we're living according to God's plan for our life, but as soon as something goes wrong, we start questioning everything around us. Going, God, where are you in the midst of my situation? You know, some seasons in life are exciting, And others, to be honest, are just painful and boring. You know, sometimes things are great, and other times life honestly just sucks. And people say, yeah, well, that's life. But this is the thing. We're in this series called Let's Change the World. And um, as a church, you're, you're gathering around this thought of how can we change the world? But all too often, we're comparing our lives to our situation with other people, comparison will quickly stop you or us from changing the world. So maybe this morning you're one of those people like me who compares himself to someone else. You know, take my first two sons, my only two sons. Two daughters, two sons, just saying. Firstborn Benjamin, he's seven years old. And um, if you put a picture up, look at this kid. He's, um, he was basically born in England, a stone's throw from Hampton Palace, just over the, over the river actually. And that's you know a favorite of Henry VIII is Hampton Palace. Ben's got his British passport, he can travel the world. By the time he was one year old, he'd been to 20 countries, guys, 20 countries. He's responsible, he's intelligent, he's well-mannered, and he just won the academic award for year one at his school. Yeah, that's right. Proud dad brag moment. And he's becoming more like Jesus every single day of his life. Now compare one son, Ben, to my second son, Ollie. (laughs) This is Ollie. He's my four-year-old. And he was born not in London, England, but in Blacktown. And if anyone knows where Blacktown is, it's about 100 meters up the road from the bikey gang. Basically, his Aussie passport, because he wasn't born in London, he doesn't get a British passport. Poor kid. Maybe one day he'll get to go to New Zealand. And um, that was a little dig at the All Blacks right there. He's reckless. If you've got daughters, two daughters, for instance, (laughs) I'd lock them up. (laughs) And if you ever cross his kid, I'd definitely watch your back, because he's a menace. We're praying that one day God actually turns him from the dark side. And he'll find his glorious light. But um, maybe it's, you're comparing yourself to somebody else. Maybe you actually just a couple of different circumstances in life. Like I'm, I'd consider myself a keen fisherman, spear fisherman. And this is an example a couple of weekends ago when I went out, got a couple of dolphin fish. I got a new spear gun. First two shots, two dolphin fish, guys, 100% right now. That's one of them. And then other days, this is the kind of fish you catch when you're out spearfishing. It's, it's, sadly, it's mostly my kind of fishing as well. But um, life looks different. And, you know, this year for me personally, and this is the point, <laughs> my life looks very different to the way I expected. I probably expected, as Jonay kind of alluded to earlier, I've been a pastor at Hillsong for the last 20 years. Been in Sydney, London, Bulgaria. We planted a church over there, worked with A21. Like, came back here, back working at Hillsong. And a year ago... We finished up. My wife and I, we've been working there for so many years. And all of a sudden, like, it wasn't COVID that changed my life. It was actually a decision that God can use what is considered ordinary, what's considered everyday. It doesn't have to look a certain way to be used by God. And right now, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been. (laughs) You know, I feel like I'm, apart from the fact that I'm living in Queensland, and the Wallabies won last night feel like I'm out working God's plan for my life. And that's what this message is actually going to be titled. It's called God's plan. And it's based on that verse in Romans. And if you put up the, here we go. Sleep, because we sleep, we eat, we work, we walk, and then we repeat. God wants to use what we would consider ordinary and turn that around to change the world. You still with me? Awesome. Matthew 5.5 5, in a message, it says this again, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, nothing more, nothing less. It's when you find yourself proud and of everything that can't be brought. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says this, now godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, we all face these kind of wrestles in life. You know, we, what we consider ordinary, we're comparing ourselves maybe to our neighbour, to our coworker, to the Instagram influencer. If you're online this morning... Maybe even to your pastor and going, Well, he's got two beautiful daughters. Why have I got two reckless sons? You know? <laughs> Whatever that comparison is, but together as the body of Christ, that's actually where we're called to make a difference. It says in Ephesians 1.23, the church is Christ's body. And I know you know this in this church because John and I talk a lot. The church is Christ's body through which he speaks and acts and fills the whole earth with his presence. The church isn't this building today, it's not a religious construct, it's you. And I, as we go about our day to day lives, God wants to use you in your workplace. God wants to use you in your family, in your community. God's plan is that all of us, when we take our ordinary, we lay it before God that God's going to do something supernatural, something extraordinary, something that might even begin to change the world. You know, I want to, there's probably two groups of people here today. There's probably people here who you're on this journey, you're in, you've got everything on board, and you're like, whatever it takes, I'm I'm here. But then there's others of you, maybe for the first time. And um, you might not even be a believer here this morning, and that's absolutely fine. We love when people come and check it out, because there's something beautiful about a community that's not about themselves. Coming in and being a part of something that maybe you don't fully understand yet, but there's something different about those people around you. And um, the thing is, though, us as Christians sometimes can learn a lot from non-believers, from people like you. (laughs) Because um, all too often, we think kind of we got all the answers. We got all the solutions. We got it all together. You know, we know because the Bible says this, and so if it says that, then that's just how it is, right? Sometimes we get it wrong. And I want to pick up um, a really famous Um, passage in the Bible, and it's um, with Jonah. Does everyone know Jonah and the whale? Um, Just looking at that time. Okay. (laughs) It's frozen at 37 minutes, guys. You're going to be in for a long lunch. (laughs) So we've Jonah and the whale. Basically, if you haven't heard this story, you haven't grown up around church, It's a story of a massive whale. There's a guy that God asks, can you go and do something for me? Basically call out a city for being rude, horrible, and God's going to strike them down. But God's like, I'm not going to say this to them. I want to say it through you, Jonah. So Jonah runs away, and basically he finds himself on this ship running away from God, and that's where we're going to pick up the storm. Basically, God then creates this massive storm, the winds and the waves, and everything's going on around him. And then Jonah, what's he doing? Old mate Jonah, who's running away from God, it says this, but Jonah had gone back down below deck where he laid down and had fallen into a deep sleep. So you've got to understand the context here. This wasn't like a little storm. Like they're already throwing cargo overboard. They're already like figuring out we're going to die. Like what's going to happen? They, they couldn't call anyone back in those days. <laughs> There's no beacons. There's nothing going on. I can't even imagine what it felt like. And then the captain and see, Jonah kind of acts like us as Christians sometimes. You know, we're down under deck. We've got our own stuff going on in our lives. We're kind of oblivious to what's going on around us. And then the captain comes down and gives him a serve. He's like, how can you sleep, Jonah? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us so that we will not perish. And I love this thought because sometimes, like I said, we're down under deck we're kind of so consumed with our own christian world our own little problems that we never we get caught up with our own problems we're so ignorant to what's happening in the lives of people around us and the captain he kind of calls it out you see you don't, you have to actually do something with your faith it needs to affect people around us and that's what it takes to change the world you know I kind of said at the start, our life looks very different this year. We actually, my wife and I are now the proud owners of a cafe. And it seems so humble and meager. (laughs) But I genuinely believe this is where God's placed us. In the last week alone, we've had a lady come in whose tragic situation where her, it sounds so bad, her her father actually backed over one of their grandchildren and killed him. This week. My wife in the middle and we're getting smashed, like as in busy, like in this cafe. My wife stands there for 20 minutes. This woman balls her eyes out and pours her heart out in front of her. Where's God called you to be?" You know, there's another girl. She came in, and it started with like her dog having to go in for an operation. We gave her free coffee, but what that actually opened up to was her mum was terminally ill in hospital. And then her best friend as well. Gone into another hospital up here, up north of Brisbane. Tragic, dire situations. Or maybe, how often do you get time like I did two weeks ago with Rashid, a guy that comes in every morning, fully devoted Muslim, sit down, actually share my faith and understand what's going on from his faith perspective. You see, I'm just using my ordinary everyday seems so meager, like 20 years as a Hillsong pastor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I can often go, well, how's that compared to like running a cafe or working for a charity or whatever that looks like. What does your day-to-day look like? Where's God placed you? What's the difference you can make? Because it's not anything significant. It's just being there, being the difference. We need to take our faith through our everyday interactions. the people we come across. You know, Drake, does anyone know Drake? Two years ago, he had like the number one song and album. There's a picture of it. It was actually called God's Plan. And the message, my message title this morning is God's Plan. And this guy who's like a a superstar, literally the, the number one artist in the world, at least a couple of years ago. His song, what he did, instead of spending a million dollars on a film clip, took a million dollars and handed it out to people across his city in Miami there. He basically paid college tuition $100,000 towards somebody's tuition that couldn't afford college. Went to needy families, went to a shopping centre and said, everything's on me today, guys. Buy whatever you need. Went to a women's shelter and handed out money so that they could buy presents for their children. That they'd never have an opportunity to do. He basically outworked in this video clip God's plan. God's plan is for us to be salt and light, to do, make a difference in our day to day world. It's as simple as that. And you know, you might whatever you think of Drake, this is what the Atlantic reported said it's an act of grace and it's a show. Let's not be naive. This guy's doing it for the publicity. This guy's doing it because he knows it's going to create hype. I think they had um, 30 million views in the first three days, this video clip. Think of the influence that he had. And all he's done, is taken a million dollars he would have taken on a video clip and just given it away to people in need. It says, it's an act of grace and it's a show. One perfectly calibrated to currently popular attitudes going around, giving stardom and society... He's supremely influential and prolific. And the crazy thing was, out of this, the critics said there was barely any backlash. Normally like something like this happens. And kind of the rhetoric was this. Well, it's a good thing if rich people are giving their money away to people in need. <laughs> Outworking God's plan. It's, um, it's really funny because, for me, I'd look at someone like that and go, how can we use an example like Drake in church? How could I look at someone like that and go, well, actually, there's something about him that I should emulate, not just as a believer, but as a, a regular citizen, a good contributor to society. And the, the funny thing is, we can get so judgmental, well, at least I am, I be like, well, this guy, who does he think he is? Do you know what I mean? Like, but the reality is, his life doesn't match up necessarily with God's plan for his life, but he is outworking some of the elements. And Paul basically faced similar kind of criticism, questioned by the, the Christians in Philippi, basically asking, what, are, "What about people's motives? What about people's agenda? How does that play into this?" And this is what he says in Philippians 1:18. He says, "So how should I respond?" He's getting quizzed by the Christians. I've decided I don't really care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens their mouth, Christ is proclaimed, so I just cheer them on. And I just love this thought, how uncomplicated should our life be? What are we here doing, taking people's ordinary, everyday lives and allowing them to lay that before God as an offering? Free from our judgment and free from any kind of further agenda. And so how can you live out God's plan? Because we kind of talked about my story a little bit and where I find myself, but how do you actually outwork this? We don't have much time, and if you're a note-taker, there's a couple of points. But let's go back to that verse. Romans 12, verse 1 says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and lay that before God as an offering. And so really quickly, here's my five points this morning. First, sleep. Talks about you're sleeping, you're eating, you're working, you're walking. And like I said, then we need to repeat because tomorrow comes again. So sleeping. The first point is don't strive. Psalm 23 says, probably the most famous passage of Scripture in the Bible, it says, I lay you down by green pastures. Matthew eleven twenty eight verse 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We don't actually need to strive to be better Christians. I know for years that's the treadmill I've been on. But I'm finally at a point where I'm just comfortable being me actually happy doing what God's called me to do today. Who knows what that will look like tomorrow, but when tomorrow comes, I can make another decision to just get up and rest in what God's called me to do today. Number two, I told you I'd be quick on these points, is eat. We need to create community. And I just love the community here that that you guys are part of. But don't just create community in the church, create community in the world as well. Luke 15, 1 to 2. And this is kind of setting up the parable of the lost son, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, all these three famous parables, and it says this right at the start now the tax collectors of sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. The worst of the worst is who Jesus was talking to. But the Pharisees sadly, the Christians, a lot of the time, the teachers of the law, they muttered This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I don't know about you, but I want to be known as the guy that eats with sinners, (laughs) just like Jesus. I just want to be that guy that's out and about, that's actually mixing it up, getting amongst people, not just on my high horse, in my own little community, safe and protected, actually called to be out in the world. Yes, be part of your church community. How amazing is that? That's the coming in. You come in on Sundays, we get built up, you hear the word of God preached, you know, You've got great friends, great relationships, great people around you, but then it's going out. How are we eating with those people? The third thing is to work. Like I said before, we're God's hands and feet. Where has God placed you? It's not just a workplace. It's actually he's positioned you for greatness. He's positioned you for influence. If you're a teacher, have an influence over the the students that you're, you're teaching. Leave a legacy. If you're a nurse... I still remember this nurse when my wife was giving birth to our first child over in the posh hospital, not the the ghetto one here in Australia, (laughs) in the posh one. And she was um, this amazing um, black black woman. And I don't know what church she was from, but she found out we were Christians. And she started proclaiming, like, Psalm 23 over Vicky. She's like, cut it out of me, get it out, you know, like (laughs) in between contractions. And then the nurse is like, no, 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 as I lay down. <laughs> By still, still brooks and you know green pastures. She's just quoting scripture over and over. Vicky's life doesn't matter where you are. Be sold and light in the world that God's called you to be. Ephesians four eleven to twelve. You know, so often we look at someone like John and Chloe, or you know, for me it was going well as a minister. And it says this. You know, he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. But for what purpose? Because we sometimes miss this in the Bible. This is the purpose for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That isn't the work of the ministry. Prophet, being a prophet and an apostle, it's actually equipping you for your day-to-day world. Jono's job is to equip you. My job today, till tomorrow I go back to the cafe, today is to equip you, to inspire you to do something significant and to change your world with whatever God's placed in your hand, whatever he's called you to do. Don't begrudge it. Don't think there's not significant. It's the most significant thing you'll ever do. And then the last thing is to walk. Basically, this talks about us getting involved. We've got to walk around our community and see the need. Don't just walk past people so busy with our self-importance that we don't even notice what's going on around us. Like I said... There are three stories in our cafe I could go on in the last couple of weeks. And genuinely, like, what's going on in the world around you? Do you notice, there's one, one thing, and I'm going to tell you this, and it makes me look like a bad person. Right near my mum and dad's house, there's been a lady who looks like a poorer, kind of living in a poorer area, broken window in a car, and it's like a van. It's had a towel over it. Like a... Uh, kills me. I wasn't going to share this example. <laughs> like God, It's a God prompt. Like f- Go and pay for a window. Fix it up. It's a couple hundred bucks. It's been months. We moved at the tail end of last year. We stayed with my mum and dad for a few weeks. Every day I drove past, every time it rained, has a towel trying to protect. I haven't met the need. What's God called me to do? It's not, it's not changing the world by going out and preaching. It's actually just meeting Doing something significant for somebody that I noticed on the way back home. <laughs> it says this in James one twenty seven real religion. The kind that passes must before God the Father is this. Reach out to the homeless, the loveless in their plight. Guard against corruption from a godless world. Just gotta get involved. Just gotta get your hands dirty. Just gotta notice when somebody's hurting. Come alongside somebody. You don't have to scream or preach or bash them with a Bible. <laughs> Please don't do that. Just love them. But more than love, and this is what I love, as Jono talked about at the start, you know, the reckless love of God. Reality is, though, God doesn't just love us. He accepts us just the way we are. That, to me, was a massive revelation. He accepts you just the way you are today just the way you came to church. And, you know, if you're a Christian here, we don't have to earn anything more to be saved. It's only by God's grace. He loves you, but he also accepts you. Let that sink in for a moment. God accepts you just the way you are. doesn't matter, we say it so often like, Last night we had this like, terrible sin or something that happened and God still accepts you. No, no, no. He accepts you as a teacher and has placed you there for significance. He accepts you as a nurse and has placed you there to do something powerful. You businessmen, God has placed you there to make a difference in your world. Take your ordinary everyday life. You're eating, you're sleeping, you're going to work and you're walking around life. That's all God's asking for. He's asking for your ordinary. He's asking for the things that you probably overlook or discount. I think what I'm doing doesn't make much of a difference, but I'm telling you that's all God's asking for. He doesn't just love you this morning. He accepts you. And that's a word for Christians in this place. Or Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian and I'm going to come back to you in a moment. I just want to read one more passage of Scripture. We started here. It says in Isaiah 58:12 those from among you because this is a picture of what the church should be this is actually this whole passage is about a fast that actually pleases the heart of God not rhetoric not because it's the right thing to do but it culminates in this it says those from among you and you have been chosen you are the those who've been chosen by God your job is to build up the old waste places Your job is to raise up the foundations of many generations. Something's broken in your generation, fix it right and build on it. That's where God's called you to make an impact. Raise up the right generation. John A said to me before, you've got two boys. Literally said to me in the green room, he's like, you've got a responsibility. Build them up as men of God. He's he's dead right. It's our responsibility to set right the generation that we've been entrusted with. But what will the consequence of that be? Well, we get to change the world. We actually get to change the world. Why? Because it's not about us and what we're doing, but it's, we're setting right the foundation for the generations to come. You'll be called the repairer of a breach and the restorer, which means the things that the enemy's tried to steal, God's going to restore. Yes, in your life, but in generations to come. Not just in our world, but in our community. God's called you to restore your community. God's called you to repair. Not for our sake, but for his glory. So this morning, everyone would just bow their heads and shut their eyes. Why do we ask people to do that? It's just so that people have got a moment of privacy. Maybe you're sitting here and you've never really understood what this message is all about, the good news, the gospel. You hear all these Christian words being thrown around. But at the end of the day, all it means is that we weren't good enough for God. No one, none of us are. We all fall short. We all do things that, you know, quite frankly, just not that nice. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus... He's God's son. He came in human form. He died on a cross and rose again. It's the story of Christmas. But it's not just a nice Christmas story. He did it so that we could be restored back into right relationship with God. Not because of our actions as Christians. Not because we did the right thing or acted a certain way or behaved our way. But because God, from the foundations of the earth, loved you, as Jono said. He didn't just love you, he accepts you just the way you are. And this morning, he's inviting you back into right relationship with God. And all you need to do this morning is pray a prayer. It's not the the prayer that we pray that's special. It's just actually saying to God, God, I can't do this without you. I might not even understand it all, but God, I need you. I need you in my life. And this morning, if that's you, if you're sitting here and going, maybe your heart's beating a little bit quicker. Maybe you've heard some of these things. Not everything makes sense, but something's resonating with you right now. I just want to give you the opportunity to pray and to, to invite Jesus to be a part of your life. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if that's you this morning, I'm going to count to three. And I'd love you to raise your hand just so I can see you. And then we're going to pray together as a big community of people. One, God loves you. Two, he also accepts you just the way you are. But he doesn't want to leave you there. This morning, if that's you on three, just raise your hand and we're going to pray together. Is there anybody who wants to pray with me this morning? Awesome. I see those hands. Fantastic, guys. Is there anybody else? Maybe you're online this morning you're sitting there just watching, this is also for you. Don't think because you're not in the room this doesn't matter or this doesn't count. God loves you and accepts you. In your lounge room as you're driving, hopefully you're not watching while you're driving. Is there anybody else? I've seen a couple of hands this morning. I'm just going to start here, work my way around. I don't want to take too long this morning. Awesome. Okay, would everybody just look at me one more time? And would you pray with me together? Is that okay? We're all going to pray together. I'm going to say a line and then you repeat it after me. It's not a spooky, weird prayer. It's just trying to help you connect or put words to what God's doing and probably has already done in your heart this morning. So Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross, that you died, but you rose again so that I can have life. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you accept me. I want to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Jono, back to you. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are truly blessed by what you heard. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au.